So we're in a series called Go Eat Popcorn. And uh, it's a funny sounding series because it's designed to help you remember the four books that we're going to work through together in this series, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. In these four uh, letters and books that Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit are some amazing foundational truths to our Christian walk. And we'll probably pick out 22, 23 of them on this journey. I'm also uh, introducing to you a, a way of Bible reading that I call illuminated reading. And I've encouraged you to sit down. And as you sit down to read your Bible, pray, Holy Spirit, would you show me what you want me to see today in your word? And uh, things will pop out at you from the scripture. And as they do, I encourage you to spend some time thinking about them, praying about them, talking about them, researching them, googling them, whatever it looks like, so that you can continue to learn. We're to be lifelong learners, and this is one of the process. Um, saying that, I also wanted to say this, that um, many of you know, you might not all know, that we have our own Bible Institute that we started uh, in 2014, and um, we have now 746 students around the world that go to our Bible Institute, and the state of Florida allows us to grant religious degrees, bachelor's and uh, associate's degrees in ministry, and we've had a lot of people graduate through us, Um, But now what I'm going to do is I'm going to start incorporating our Sunday messages, many of them, into courses so that by coming on Sundays and paying attention and doing a little bit of extra reading that will be on the website, it won't take long at all, and at the end of a series writing a short paper, you can get credits with our institute. And we're going to try and arrange it, I am, so that between Sundays and Wednesdays, um, you could take five courses a year. And it's 20 courses to get an associate's degree. Four years, if you came and didn't do anything else, you could all have associate's degrees. It doesn't cost anything. It's all free. And uh, you can then, and there's 110 courses already online that you can take uh, extra and another 20 or 30 coming very soon. So it's a great program. And I would encourage you to get involved. So we just started putting this one up. There'll be a few more additions as we get it. But um, very cool thing. And, and, And so, you know, and you can tell your friend. They can be wherever. They can do this online. Let them know, hey, you can just do your Sunday thing and you can get college credit. So that's coming up. And in this series so far, uh, we, we, uh, we did the little introduction. And I, the big thing I want you to see, the overall thing is this, that this life that we have in Christ is lived in response to what He has done, not in us in trying to live in such a way to get Him to respond to us. And that's really important that you get a hold of that. Last week, I introduced another very important concept about living in tension, uh, that this is part of our life, and that we live between the now and the not yet. And, and we live between Jesus coming the first time and waiting for His return. We call that the now and the not yet, and we live in this tension. And we have to embrace that tension to experience this life, because if you get on one end or the other, you will miss things and you'll misinterpret Scripture. And so we're in tension, um, and we we talked a lot about that. You should watch that last week if you didn't. I I think that was very important. This week, we're going to talk about the gospel. And this is a really important uh, thing for us to understand, knowing what the gospel is, primarily because our enemy is trying to blind people to the gospel. Last week, I actually read you a verse. I put it in here. It's not in your notes. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Even if our gospel is veiled, Paul said, it is veiled to those who are perishing The little g-god of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So the gospel is so powerful that the enemy is trying to keep 
people blinded to that truth. He's trying to hold them in darkness so they can't be rescued and brought into the light, which is why it's so important for us to be people who live the gospel and who know the gospel as people that have responded to it and come into this amazing life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's the intro transition. Always a bad joke or two. These are very bad, and I'm very happy. (laughs) Two cats are in a swimming race. One is called one, two, three, and the other is called un, du, trois. Which cat won the race? One, two, three, because the un, du, trois cat sank. Which is only funny if you can count in French. But if you can count in French, that's hilarious. I don't know why I can count to ten in French, but for somehow it's in my brain. And I read that. Un, du, trois, cat sank, si, set, huit, neuf, dix. That's all I know. Tell your friends. Hey, if you get a friend request from Hormel Foods, don't open it. It's probably spam. I still remember when my... I I still remember what my grandpa said before he kicked the bucket. He said, How far do you think I can kick this bucket? (laughs) sorry. This week I was in my room in my office study and I read that joke and I was laughing hysterically. It just hit me. It's one of those jokes. It's ridiculously funny. And Alice came running. What's wrong? Because I was roaring. I could barely tell her. And she went, really? I don't even get it. So anyway, that's good. Scripture reading here on purpose. Galatians 1, 6 through 12. Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to uh, pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So in my reading this week, that first verse, verse 6 popped out at me about the gospel, and so I started digging in. I want to share it with you. Point number one in your notes is the gospel. The gospel. Now, in the midst of busy lives, busy at home, busy at work, busy at play, it can be very easy to not keep the main thing the main thing. And the gospel is the main thing. And, and so what was happening in Galatia is their, their lives were getting busy, things were happening, and Paul had come and got things going, and then he had gone to the next place, which is his custom, and some Jerusalem church people showed up on the scene, and they arrived claiming to have more authority than the Apostle Paul, and they were trying to add things to the gospel, and it was causing a lot of issues. And what they were doing was, I, I did this in the intro, they were cross-plussing cross-plussing. What does that mean? I told you this. You know, the, 
See, all of this is, is based on the atoning work of Christ at the cross, our life. That's what does it. We can't earn it. We're not good enough. You can't work for it. It's the amazing love of God poured out for you at the cross. And, and we come to faith with that understanding, and there's a freedom that's so amazing in it. But then we have a tendency, and the church has had this tendency from the beginning to try and add things to that. I call that cross-plussing. And it happens all the time. Uh, and you know, we can see it happening. It happened right away in the early church. All of a sudden, it was the cross plus. And I challenged you on, our, on the intro to this whole thing to really be aware of the fact that all of us do this. We add some things to the cross. And anything that we cross plus, um, we get very judgmental there and very unkind, and it's not very helpful. When I was a new believer, Alice and I were down, um, down in Key West, and we were going to see a movie. And I saw somebody there that, that was going to the church I was going to that we had uh, just met, you know, we weren't very long in the kingdom. And he said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, oh, we're going to see a movie. And he said to me, oh, um, Christians don't watch movies. And then, and, then, and then he made some sort of comment about the way I was dressed. And you can see that didn't have a big impact. Um, <laughs> God bless him, but he was cross-plussing, right? He's adding these things to the cross about what's supposed to happen, these rules. And, you know, there's a joke about some, some of you had this, you know, you don't, don't cuss, don't, don't, uh, don't dance, don't drink, don't chew, and don't run with girls that do. You heard that one? Yeah. <laughs> cross-plussing. But, but see, it's very mean. It's very judgmental. When that happened to me, I felt judged, and it, it was so unkind. And I remember as a new believer, and, you know, when, when we came to know Christ, we were really rescued out of a drug culture, and, and it was significant, the life and the freedom. And this happened, and I remember how unkind it felt. And I actually remember having the thought, if this is what this is, it was kinder in the drug culture. And, and I, I thought, but it just can't be right. You know, when we, we press through those things. And see, the, the, the problem is, is that in this life, we have to know that we did a whole series on being yielded to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us, and He takes care of us, and He helps us know what we're supposed to be doing and not supposed to be doing. So if I were to step into a movie and my spirit was grieved because of it, and the Holy Spirit was letting me know this isn't good for you, I'd just get up and leave. I don't have to judge anybody else or what's going on in their life or what's happening or have these big rules that say this, 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 and this. I just need to be yielded to the Spirit. So do you. That's where we find life. And, and people go, oh, well, then people can do whatever they want. No, you know, if you're really trying to live this thing out for, for Jesus, you don't want to do what you want. You want to do what He wants. And it changes everything. Tremendous freedom comes in there, and we need to be aware of that, that that's what happens. So here comes these people trying to add to the gospel that Paul preached. They were cross-plussing. We need to be aware of that so it doesn't happen to us. So we need to be people who really know what the gospel is and what it means uh, in that process so it can't happen to us because we'll fall into these traps. So what's the gospel? Paul gives us a great summary of the gospel. And you can find it in other places, Acts. The apostles all knew the, the, the gospel. They knew what it was. But Paul has these verses that I've encouraged you to know and understand in 1 Corinthians 15. There's a wristband out there we've talked about a lot. Uh, let me read you the entire passage. The main thing you need to know, verse 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 8. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you're saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. 
For what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance, that Christ, this comes the, here comes the gospel, died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Then He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, He appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. The gospel message was in there in verses 3 and 4. So let me give you the elements of the gospel so that you know it. And that's point number two, the essential elements of the gospel. A, the gospel is the plan of God. The gospel is the plan of God. Verse 3, for I received, Paul said, and I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So this event that took place, the cross, happened in accordance with the scriptures. It was part of a plan. It wasn't just some random event. In fact, you can go back in your Bibles and you can go all the way back to Genesis 3.15 and you can see the beginning of this plan. And from there, throughout the Old Testament, running up to the cross is what we call the crimson thread of redemption. And in it, you can see God's continual plan to work this event into taking place so that we could be restored and reconciled to Him in life. It's God's plan for life. B, the gospel is a divine accomplishment. Things were accomplished through the atoning work of Christ. Uh, Through that event of, of suffering and resurrection, many amazing things were accomplished, like our sins were covered. We've been forgiven. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nation, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins having canceled the written code with his regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. Forgiveness of sin accomplished at the cross. God's wrath was removed from us. We're justified now. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So even though I've chosen to go in my own way, when I give my life to Christ, God now chooses to see me in the perfection of His Son, justified. He's also purchased eternal life for us. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God did it. It was accomplished. It was accomplished at the cross. What we need to do, and this is see, is we need to believe and receive it. The gospel is believed and received. It's an amazingly wonderful free offer of Christ by faith, not by works. It's offered to you by faith alone. By, gospel, by this gospel you are saved, it says, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. So it, it needs to be believed and received. The Apostle John says in John 1.12, Yet to all who received him... To those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Eternal life, it's not something you can work for. It's based on Christ alone. It's external. It's outside of you. It was achieved and accomplished at the cross 2,000 years ago. But you need to believe it and receive it so that it can be applied to you today. Just because He did it all doesn't mean it's automatically applied to you. It has to be heard Believed and received 
in order for you to experience life. Um, Forgiveness of sins was purchased once for all and it's applied to you now when you give your life to Jesus. Justification was purchased and paid for at the cross, but it's applied to you now when you come to Jesus. Eternal life is yours when you come to Jesus. Even though he's already done it, we have to receive it. We have to believe it. We have to accept it. I say all that because of this. Now, Alice and I, we've been doing this for a very long time here, and we have the privilege here of meeting people from all over the country because of of the destination spot. And so we have people who have been coming for years and years and years that we get to meet and see. And I routinely run into this. Someone will come up to me after they've sort of gotten used to us, which takes a little while. And uh, (laughs) I totally understand that. And they'll say, I'll, I'll talk about this gospel, and they'll say, I've been in church my whole life. Nobody's ever told me that. And I, I, I get sad whenever I hear that. I, I, I sort of, I'm very, I apologize because you're missing out on the heart of it all. This is where life is. It's hearing that and responding to it. That's where life is. It's not just about showing up. It's experiencing the fullness of who God is as we respond to the gospel and then experience life because all these things take place. So you need to receive it. You you need to believe it and receive it. And we talk about that all the time. It comes in here. We make a a decision that we're going to, you know, follow and trust Christ. And then all those things are applied to us that I talked about. D, the gospel is a historical event. It happened. It took place. It's not only the plan of God. It's a historical event. Christ died. Christ rose again. If that did not happen historically, we have no gospel. But it did happen. And Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wisely gives us evidence that it happened. And the evidence that he gives us is eyewitness testimony. Do you know, up until recently with DNA and everything, eyewitness testimony was all it took. You just eyewitnesses carried the day. And it was that way and it's still that way in all these cases. And so Paul records for us Eyewitness testimony, 1 Corinthians 15, 5 and 6. Then after the resurrection, Jesus rose. He appeared to Peter and then to all the disciples, the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 at the same time, most of who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So eyewitness testimony, exhibit A, you have the disciples, the guys who were with him all the time. They, they, you know, they went with him everywhere he went. They traveled with him. They ate with him. They laughed with him. They ministered with him. If this wasn't a real event, they wouldn't have continued to do what they were doing. Some people, you know, our culture will mythologize this or demythologize it, whatever they're trying to do, and take away from the actual events. And they, oh, well, they just kept it up because, of, you know, it was a great money thing. No, it wasn't. And all of them died horrific deaths in a very short period of time for following Jesus. There was no upside if it wasn't real. For them to do it. And remember, they'd all, after Jesus had been arrested and cru- they all ran off hiding, right? They were all in hiding. And then all of a sudden, they're out there proclaiming it publicly. What happened? They saw Jesus. He was alive, it was good enough for them. Filled with the Spirit, they were back out there. What about 500 more eyewitnesses? Somehow Jesus appeared in his, his resurrected state, 500 at the same time. Big deal back then. 500 plus at the same time. And Paul says, you know what? Many of them are still alive. Paul wrote this in like 40, 45 AD, not much longer. He said, a bunch of them are alive. If you don't believe me, go ask them. It's a historical fact. The gospel is something that we can rest in and believe in. Third, the gospel is good news. Good news. It actually means good news. 
And, you know, I want to say, I'm going to launch in that second before this, why it's so important that you know the gospel. Because people like this, like the people that, the good Jerusalem church people that showed up and tried to tell the church in Galatia everything they were doing wrong and all these other things they wanted to add, that still happens a lot. And, and what you need to do, what you need to be aware of, because they'll try and confuse you. That's what happened. Paul was amazed that they got so confused so quick. But these people sound right, and they stir things up, and they'll start trying to tell you things, and they'll do all this cross-plussing. All you have to do is ask them, what's the gospel? Do it kindly. Would you please explain to me the gospel? If it doesn't sound like what you just heard, you know what? You, you just go, okay. Not be mean, although Paul says they're eternally condemned. You don't need to remind them of that. Um, I've done a lot with this stuff. <laughs> That's not where I would go with it. But you need to know at that point, okay, they're not even coming. That's not God. It's something completely different. And, and then you can kindly, you know, get in their faith, but you can start to pray for them and hope that they get back to the main thing, which is what we have in the gospel. The gospel is good news. And so, you know, the things I already told you about, they're amazing good news. Forgiveness of sin, that's, that's certainly a good thing justification, that we, God sees us in the perfection of His Son. That's an amazing thing. Eternal life, that's, those are good things. Those are all good things. But the best thing is that you're reconciled now to God. The greatest good of the gospel is God Himself and us restored to Him. Look what Paul says. It makes sense. In Romans 5, 5.11, not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We rejoice because we're reconciled. We have a life that we didn't have before because of what's taken place. The greatest, most amazing good of the gospel is being reconciled to God Himself now. You don't have to just wait for the sweet by and by. It's, it's broken through into the now. It's now and forever. And that's where this amazing life is found. So I want to encourage you to be people of the gospel, of the good news, people who understand and share the good news, who live this life out because it's desperately needed in the world around us. And that's where we experience Him in this amazing life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ministry team, those of you here, might head over the wall. People on the way over to that wall are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, then make sure you get it. Let me pray for you a group, as a group, and then we'll uh, have second breakfast and we'll dismiss. Papa, thank you for the gospel, your good news, for restored life, for reconciled life to you now and forever. Let us be a people who understand this and embrace this, Lord, and live it so that we can share it with the world around us, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. We ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you. Just one more. You're so amazing, God. If you need prayer for anything, folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today too. It's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us you have sinned. Asking Him to forgive you, which He'll do, and then 
in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it now. You might be one of those people that have been going to church almost your entire life and you've never made that connection. Make it today. Best decision you will ever make. You Just ask somebody. I want to know Jesus. He'll know exactly what you mean. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God, so they can hear about your good news for them. You are such an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from... May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people. We've got one lost child back to dad. Prayer's over there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another out there in the parking lot. (laughs) Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye.